The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special Busted Open podcast. I'm Tommy Dreamer, and man, we had to go, we had to go extreme. We're doing an extreme watch-along with the co-host of the mostest, Bully Ray, joining me today. What's going on, Bully? EC Dub, EC Dub, EC Dub. That should be pretty fun. Yeah, man. Uh, I've watched this match a few times, you know, basically through uh, social media, but we'll talk about it. Uh, this was one of my favorite things I've ever done in the wrestling industry. Uh, I paid the physical price due to the mammoth person that I'm talking to, and uh, we're going to watch it together for the very first time ever. Uh, I think that the the fun part of watching this match together is that we have never, ever watched this match together. Correct. Um, the last time that me and you did anything that involves this match was actually being in this match. So I hope my mem- – your memory is probably lo- a lot better than mine when it comes to stuff like this, but I do remember some interesting stories leading up to this night, um, during the night, and I actually have a story or two that I don't even think I've ever told you about the frame of mind that I was in for this night because of things that happened during the day. So this should be an interesting ride for, uh, for the both of us, but most of all for the fans. All right. So uh, what we're going to do, we're on the WWE Network. Uh, you go to the ECW, go to ECW pay-per-views, and we're going to watch ECW One Night Stand 2005. It's Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman versus the Dudley Boys. Uh, They give you the nice little menu option where you just click it. And we're going to start at one hour, 51 minutes and 40 seconds. So we could watch it along together. That's what you do. Bully understands this. We got to both move our fat fingers at the same time. So I'll give us a countdown. So again, we're going to be at one hour and 51 minutes and 40 seconds. You just got to click that little chapter. I'll give you some time. All right, we're going to do a countdown. You ready, Bully? I am ready. All right. In three, two, one, click it. Click that shit, as De La Greca would say. What a house. Look at that house. People have been waiting for this for years. And here they come old school. The Dudleys with no ring music and just their presence alone. We had been gone for eight months from the WWE at this time. Vince actually told us to take a vacation because we were on TV for five and a half years straight. And he said, we're going to bring you back in in about three months. Three months turned into eight months and this night. So we had been on one Monday Night Raw, I believe, before this in St. Louis. And then this was our first match back. And uh, the excitement of this night was – 
I don't even know how to put it into words because I don't know if you remember, Tommy, we talked about this exact moment in time driving in a car about a year and a half before this night even happened. Yep. This was just an idea that came, you know, that came to us while we're on the road. So to be a part of it was, um, it was very exciting. For my backstory, I was working in the office. I was pretty miserable. Uh, I wanted to be a wrestler, but there was no other options for me. And then uh, Rob Van Dam had suggested uh, from the success of the Rise and Fall DVD that all the people were still under contract. And uh, Vince McMahon called me in and said, hey, man, we want you to write this show. This is all yours. Uh, the interesting side note, the WWE hated one Paul Heyman, and uh, I had to fight to get Paul on this show. And I'm happy that it did because we always worked so great together. Uh, here comes the biggest star in professional wrestling entertainment history. There he is. Big baby face. Big and, and, and svelte. Nah, I was, I was, uh, I had some time to train. But uh, <laughs> they, WWE did not want, Paul involved at all. And I was like, you have to have Paul involved in this. Um, but wait and- a minute. I mean, if you listen to his side of the story over the years, this was his idea and he wrote this show. Well, sometimes that doesn't really happen when it comes out of his mouth. Uh, <laughs> if you look at this, man, I was so, so happy. Um, I, I fought for two things. It was for Man in a Box and for uh, the next thing, which we won't hear. But live, WWE committed a no-no. Uh, there's uh, that, and, and by the way, the guys in the stands was all Paul's idea, and it worked out well. Uh, if we could just wait for a moment, you will see probably the happiest I've ever been. Uh, this was on. a cute smile that's about to happen on your face. Yep. I just told uh, Electra I got goosebumps. And hang on, just soaking it all in. Hang on, I know it's happening. I want everybody to wait because you know what's about to happen. There it is. I got goosebumps again. I, I, same thing right here. And I'm going to take you back to that car ride that we were on and a year and a half before this night happened. We were talking about ECW. We were talking about how much juice ECW still had in the tank. And I said to you, Tommy, I would give my left nut to be standing <laughs> in the ring one more time while Sandman's entrance music played. And there it is right there. What I believe to be the greatest entrance in the history of professional wrestling. No doubt. And I remember that conversation that we had. The best part about this was behind the scenes, I was politicking uh, for this song and for Man in the Box. I had no confirmation. Nobody answered my emails. Um, live on the pay-per-view, you heard Sandman's music played. And they went old school ECW where they just played it ambient to the crowd and then they lowered it because everybody, look at this mosh pit, dude. Everybody is singing along. Um, And like I said, the fans waited for this. And when that music played, because I knew it was the only thing that I felt we were missing off of this pay-per-view. And when that music played, I was just like, wow, they did it. Uh, they couldn't get mine, but they got his, and it was so, so special. And you're looking at this human mosh pit of just diehard fans who just wanted to be able to say goodbye, thank you, to ECW. 
I would venture to say that if they did not play Enter Sandman by Metallica, this match doesn't even need to happen because it loses all of its, all of its, uh, you know, zing and flair. This enter, there were two things we knew that we had to do. Only two things, Sandman's entrance and you going through a flaming table. Because those, are, to me, are the two most memorable moments of this match. I mean, I really couldn't tell you anything else but a, 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 just a lot of plunder. And if you remember correctly, a half an hour before we went to the ring, we didn't even have anything. No. This whole match was put together with spit and glue because we knew that the entire night was so awesome already that we didn't have to give them great wrestling. We just wanted to give them some great entrances, some great plunder, a couple of run-ins, and a flaming table spot. And I remember uh, when we had uh, put all this like behind the scenes, like, like trying to get all the players involved, trying to put the card involved, again, having to fight for some people that you know weren't working in WWE. Terry Funk originally had turned it down. And uh, I remember I had a different main event, and you were like, and I'm the boss. And you're like, no, we're doing me and you with Sam with Hack versus uh, all, all four of us, or else I ain't doing it. Meanwhile, he doesn't even work in the company, and yet you're still uh, dictating it. There's Ron Buffone to the left, the executive producer of everything ECW. That was Sandman's girlfriend at the time. I don't know her name. I just know her as girl. There's uh, C.W. Anderson. There's Chris Chetty. There's Electra with blonde hair. This is not during the WWE PG era. For those of you that don't know, that is Big Dick Dudley's ex-wife. Yep. And uh, she was, what, how old was she here and still looked amazing? She was in her 40s. She was like 68 in this, in this shot. <laughs> uh, as you used to always yell at me for when I would travel with Christian. Look at Christian. He was acting like he was going to do a plancha on top of me from there. And I was like, I'll catch you. And then in the match, you're like, you and your little girlfriend, Christian, having fun. <laughs> <laughs> Look at uh, JBL, the leader of the the the, the enemy, and, and and that night, if you were a WWE guy, you were the enemy. And they had uh, so many wrestlers came up to me after. It was like I never felt heat in my career until that night. And again, this part was all Paul's idea. Paul cutting a promo uh, was his idea, and it worked. Um, I remember he cut out. Uh, one of the matches, I wasn't too happy about it, but we were able to get everybody on the show. Plus, uh, more importantly, everybody got paid. Look at the bloatedness of the Sandman, by the way. I think we all had a little bit of bloat going on, but it didn't matter. Um, we had quarantine bloat before it was cool. <laughs> I mean, th this guy, uh, I'll never forget the first time I saw him in 95, smoking a cigarette, drinking a beer, walking to the ring, you know, basically looking like he does now. And I'm like, this guy's not a pro wrestler. How do people like this guy? How is this guy even over? And he's probably one of the most over baby faces in the history of wrestling. And if you never experienced his entrance before live, you, you definitely missed out on something special. And this is probably the most special entrance that he has ever done. And we got to all be a part of it. And right now he's probably saying to you, ah, Tommy, what the hell are we doing? I don't remember a damn thing. And, I mean, if you think about uh, our history, the Dudleys, 
Dreamer, Sandman, you guys uh, broke Beulah's neck, sent her out of the business and, you know, financially kicked off the large, our best numbers in ECW, heat wave to heat wave and how many main events we had. We used to always have uh, hour long matches. We, we would just have so much fun slash violence uh, during the match. I don't even remember this, but now watching it, this is how we got everybody on the show. And as you always say, it's bells and whistles, uh, smoke and mirrors, just to add to the match. And if you look at the audience, dude, they have not sat down. They didn't sit down the whole night, but this was because they knew they were seeing something special. Here came the BWO, Stevie Meany, who didn't work there, uh, Nova, who was there probably as the Simon Dean character. Uh, They all came back. This was something that was as it started as a joke with the kiss imitations and it just took a life of its own. And man, they've got, they're still selling their BWO t-shirts. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but me and you argued about this moment because I didn't want it to happen. And you did. I felt like we were, we were forcing this moment right at the beginning of the match. I thought it was forced period. I love Meanie, love Stevie, love Nova, good dudes. But I just thought for this main event to force this in at this moment, and we were going back and forth, back and forth, but you were hell-bent on getting the BWL out there because you wanted to, you know, get that spot in that, that's going to be coming up in a little while. But I kind of felt that it, that it kind of slowed things down just a little bit. Shocking that you and I argued about something creative, but, you know, there was always such a big difference. I joke about it. We would argue with Paul. We would argue with ourselves. But it, we would argue for the benefit of the fans slash the, the betterment of the match and the overall product. Uh, we can't hear what Stevie's saying because we have to mute it or else you wouldn't hear us. There was no bigger heel than, I mean, the beauty of ECW, man, we made WCW like the top heels of the wrestling organization. And, uh, you know, we had such built-in heat between WWE and WCW. Like it was nuclear heat. And with, uh, you know, Stevie, Here's another guy they weren't doing the most with him, and, and he got a second life out of this. And remember, after this, they brought the BWO to uh, to SmackDown. Uh, it's it's funny to see Bischoff in so many shots over here because there's a super kick out of nowhere. I think there's only one super kick in the match nowadays. Is like twenty seven. You know, oh. Bischoff, Bischoff being Hang in the on. Let's talk about that clothesline where you fell on Stevie and then you just elbow dropped my shoulder and I was in such pain. Here came Kid Cash out of nowhere. So right off the bat, I remember you landing on my shoulder because I wasn't flat yet and you crushed and I was like, I don't know if I can move my arm right now. That's balls and axle, God rest their souls. Well, God rest balls his soul. Um, Here they come. Okay. Try to give a guy in heaven a shout out. You buried him. Nice job. <laughs> Big baby face you are. Bells. Here's some bells, stiff bear shots. Bells. 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 Oh, bells. Oh, bells. Look at Stevie. Mm. He doesn't want any piece of this. Oh, my God. Somebody's about to get crowned. El Cabong. Ugh. Dear God, good night. Your shot to the back. Oh, no, we did a pretty good job of getting them hands up at the last second. Yep. And now just get out of the ring. Get out of my <laughs> ring now. Leave. 
We've wasted enough time. <laughs> Axel didn't believe in religion. That's why I say God rest his soul. You're, you're going, and Balls was a Satanist. So come on now. Devil rest his soul. He was a minister in the church of Satan. I remember the day he became ordained. He's like, oh, Bubba, I just became an ordained minister to church of Satan. Look, I got my, my pendant on. Look, here comes the dive. <laughs> Kid Cash, the step up dive. Nice. Everybody catching him. But you know the beauty of it, and it's such a lost art today. People literally a lot of times just look for the guy to dive and stop fighting. We at least keep on fighting. And uh, Kid Cash, you know, he was uh, – it'll show a nice little instant replay. This was special, man. He was one of those first people to do that. Uh, just saw Dave recently in Impact Wrestling. He looks good. He doesn't wrestle much. Um, but, you know, it was good that he was there too because that now it's on. <laughs> And it's on like on can be. And I don't think there's any real plan in place at, at this moment in time. It's just a lot of plunder. And just uh, you knocked me out with something. What's that? Oh, look. Go figure. You have a cheese grater in your hand. I'm hungry. Go oh, figure. Boy. Oh, Here I know it's coming. <laughs> Here it comes. German. Saito. Nice. You oh, landed. Perfect. We did that all the time. You always landed me perfect. I landed you good on that one. The rest of the match, not so much. <laughs> Dude, I totally forgot about that first elbow drop, too. I remember, like, my arm going numb and being like, oh, God, please don't be hurt. Please don't be hurt. Oh, this one. <laughs> <laughs> that was a real, stop, uh, real side. <laughs> and for those of you listening at home, you will hear the thud of my head. Oh, he's so heavy, people. You have no clue. Yep, here it comes. This was a hell of a moment, too, because, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. How would you like your whale sliced? <laughs> That's an iconic shot that everybody, uh, everyone uses as a meme. But, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what happens when your friend takes a cheese grater to your head, ladies and gentlemen. For the uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> you just gained about 10 pounds. <laughs> yeah, I put your blood on my face and, and my cholesterol went through the roof. <laughs> what are we doing here? Oh, yeah, thank God. <laughs> I'm missing the move that I've missed like uh, almost every single time in my career. I've hit it twice once on you, once on Jeff Hardy. No, you hit it twice on me because I watched it. And my favorite part about doing that, the first time you crushed me, is vintage 3D. Um, it wasn't a 3D. It was a belly-to-back neck break. I meant vintage uh, Team 3D. Bully Ray, come on. Um, the first time you did it, you crushed me at the arena. And I was like, oh, my God, dude, you crushed me. And you're like, oh, it was the first time I ever did it. I was like, thanks. <laughs> and then you did it another time. You took care of me. What? Classic Terry Funk spot for the Funker. <laughs> oh, let me get out of here. Oh, man. So, yeah, you hit it three times. That first time, it was like a Volkswagen landing on me. I just posted it on social media the last the other week. You took great care of me on that one. Oh, yeah. Now I remember that one. That was tie-dye days, right? Well, this was a tie-dye day, too. Oh, boy. Oh, that hurt. Little Recito. So, meanwhile, you have my blood on you, and you're now bleeding. Ah, and I, at, least, at least you guys were uh, tested. I wasn't tested then. Oh boy. Worked out. What's going Classic on? 
vintage Sandman move. <laughs> the brains of the operation versus the brains of the operation. <laughs> uh, oof. We couldn't do that in uh, today's uh, world because of uh, drinking beer with open cuts and then spraying the fans with it. Like I said, everything was, uh, it was 2005. We were allowed to do this. For those of you who uh, also want to know, this was the largest, second largest grossing house uh, next to a little show that WWE did called WrestleMania that year. Um, They got every penny out of the wrestling fans in that Hammerstein ballroom. Tickets were, were so, so high, but man, it, it worked out financially. It's my classic nut shot on the guardrail. Here come a swanton with the ladder. He kind of took care of most people. That was Yikes. perfect. Oh, watch this. Oh, dear God. Oh, look at the debt to the chair. What did you do? Oh, oh man. Look at the chair. <laughs> if you saw his love uh, on the Vice thing, his love of cocaine, I think he needed it after that shot. Uh, you but know, that's how we did it. It was never, if you put your hands up, you were an idiot. Uh, yeah, it was just, that's how we did it. And back in the day, taking those chair shots flush to the head was the badge of courage. Uh, oh, wow. I don't remember that. Splash. Oof! That is one large frog. <laughs> that was a five-star hog splash. <laughs> the uh, Getting back to the vibe of this night, um, you know, on Busted Open, me and you have talked about this a lot. Um, that was stiff. The... Um, you know, the highest compliment we can pay the guys in AEW is that they've been able to recapture this vibe that we caught at One Night Stand. They have that relationship with their fan base that we had with our fan base. And I don't think any other companies were ever able to do that. Yeah, I mean, you've had a lot of great, you know, moments in time out there over the years, but the energy and the connection with the fan base that happened on this night and what, like, AEW um, was able to create with, like, an all-in or a double or nothing is special. Here comes Absolutely. Uh, by the way, you tapped out uh, from my figure four leg lock. I saw it. You were slapping the mat. There came another uh, run-in from this. Uh, that's incredible on the barbed wire ball. Another Originally, one of- I wanted to make this match a three-way uh, between the Impact players and uh, – and uh us and it changed here comes the queen of extreme francino who managed just incredible little kick in the nads to tommy dreamer he goes down but watch this crowd go nuts because they are waiting for it they haven't seen her in forever beulah mcgillicuddy hits the ring Cat fight! probably been at least 10 years since they saw her at this moment right they haven't seen her since uh, you broke her neck, and now she's beating the crap out of Francine. She has been totally, she's been totally out of the business forever. Whoa, DDT to Lance Storm. Nope, thought I was going to DDT him. I just got rid of him. See you later. 
Here's a lovely, out of all this, look at this, emotional. Welcome to talk about moments in time. That was a better hug than when best friends hug. Man, I didn't even know we did that. There was people crying during this. Oh, she Here's was my so watch. <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> she was so upset about that. <laughs> I'm so surprised you didn't just like press her off of you. <laughs> I think that's the closest. If it wasn't Beulah, no other girl would ever do it. That's about the closest a girl would ever uh, be able to get a two count on you. Yes, only only Beulah. <laughs> Devon just went down like a sack of potatoes. I have no idea why. Oh, boy. Because oh, we're oh going to do this. This is our oh, version boy. of what's up. <laughs> here comes the cell. Oh, man, he's so good. Oh, here comes me losing my hearing. There it goes, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus. Yeah, thanks. Glad you're my best friend. Right then and there, he just hit me with the cane in my ear, and I've lost my hearing. I can no longer hear, and all I'm hearing is, like, muffled and, like, <laughs> in my brain. My, my adrenaline was really <laughs> rushing. And like I said at the beginning of the show, some things went on earlier in the night that I didn't t tell about. We were actually asked before this night started to take a pay cut. Oh, nice. Thanks. Yeah. So me and Devon weren't exactly in the greatest of moods. Or at least we were a lot more amped up. Oh, good night. Yeah, it was a cookie sheet. See, I still take care of it. I'm legit deaf <laughs> right now. It's like I'm hearing everything from the peanuts when you talk on the phone. Oh, 3D. This is it. This is the end of the match. No one kicks out of 3D. Even deaf Tommy Dreamer. Should have went for the cover, bro. You would have got me. You roll out of the way. Nah. So I was still moving. Now here it comes. <laughs> here comes the drunkest moment in pro wrestling history. <laughs> <laughs> blood alcohol level at this moment like a 5.7 spike is legit arguing with he's been drinking all day he starts arguing with bubba and all i remember you just go give me the fucking lighter <laughs> he's yeah he wouldn't give us the lighter the lighter fluid he's yelling at us cutting total, a promo on us total <laughs> side note i have to host the production meeting and here comes the fire marshal. I have to go through a flaming table earlier in a suit. Bubba put a little bit of lighter fluid on the thing. I was like, oh, this is what we're going to see. It was nothing. I went through it. Boom. Now look at how much lighter fluid he is using while I have to go through this. Oh, there's one for you, Sandman. Still. When we, did, when we did the demonstration, oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm telling you, man, I'm not saying it. Oh, here it comes. I'm going to hold off. Here comes the, the stiffest splash ever. Oh, I could not get up if you wanted me to. I could not get up. I was seriously on fire. Spike is still yelling. I'm on fire. I needed stitches, and I'm deaf, and my shoulder is killing me, and I was super-duper happy. He's, he's still, still yelling. Like, I'm shoot. Like, right now, I'm like, I can't believe he's still got a promo on us. Did you slap his face in the back or something or yell at him? Because I remember he was crying. Uh, 
he always cries when he's drunk. Who's this? Oh, Beulah? You're going to beat her up too? What happens here? I don't even remember this. Oh, ha- oh, okay. Oh, that's right. We had to get hacked back up for Sandman. I, I mean, for uh, Austin. Yeah, I don't remember that part. There's a, a great picture that yeah, give me a beer. Give me a B-E-A-R. James <laughs> <laughs> Spike, you're not supposed to cane the baby face, you drunken bastard. Spike was, Spike was a heel. There's a great oh. picture. Uh, like I said, uh, and if you want to talk about uh, Beulah and I's relationship, I roll to the floor, and uh, <clears throat> I'm like, we're looking at all this. I, again, I'm deaf. I need stitches. I'm bleeding. My shoulders kill me. And I like look, and I'm really, really smiling. And she goes, "I could smell your your hair burning." <laughs> I was just like, "Thanks." And and this moment is so incredible because I mean, this is Stone Cold Steve Austin that the WWE knows and loves, but what a lot of people doesn't don't realize is Steve got to come through ECW before he went to the WWE. And Paul let him take all his frustrations out on WCW and Eric. And, and Steve will tell you that he was an ECW guy. And Steve took that whole beer thing and, you know, beer swigging, drinking thing. He borrowed from the Sandman. So to get the Sandman and Steve Austin drinking for the first time, this was a hell of a moment. And, you know, uh, again, I, I told you, I wrote, produced everything. Uh, this was Paul's idea. Paul wanted to end the show with uh, Sandman and him drinking a beer and having, I just want to have a big party, but then uh, Paul wanted to have the, the big brawl and then like we kick everybody's ass. And if you think about this, there was no, there was no nothing. There was no nothing for any of us. This was on a, this was on a uh, Sunday. We were not coming back for Monday Night Raw. Half the guys were just there for the night. And they want us to kick the living crap out of the WWE guys. So WWE was men of their words to say, we wanted this show to be different. And we were, we were up and the show, the show, the show really, really worked. I mean, not only were we up as you're about to see ECW was up really, really strong. And the weird thing for me and Devon at this moment, we're into the WWE for six years right now. We're WWE guys. We had all those TLC matches, the WrestleMania matches. So here we are with our ECW, you know, brethren, you know, but still we got our, you know, the guys that were on the road, uh, you know, 300 days a year with right up there in the balcony. Um, so it felt like having two giant family reunions. Yeah. There's, man, I look at it and there's Devon wearing the crimson mask as he always did. I loved all this because, like, everybody was, like, hamming it up. Who's going to stand next to Steve Austin? Who's going to, like, try to get that last shot? Uh, there's Tracy Smothers. Uh, I think Everybody's I just saw... trying to get a little bit of rub off Austin right then and there. Yeah. I'm on the floor just watching because I, I was deaf, like I said. There's Johnny Swinger. There's balls. Man, you see a lot of guys have passed away. A lot of guys, you know, not wrestling anymore. Some guys still are. It's uh, – it was a great time, and the buy rates for this pay-per-view were, were unbelievable. For me, I was just like, oh, Vince is finally going to see it in me. He's finally going to see it in me. Like, I can 
do it all like I did in ECW. And you know what? The WWE machine just kept on rolling because it was just Monday to the WWE. And I remember I went into work the next day, deaf, uh, wrapped up, and uh, I, uh, I got sick because I took a half of a Vicodin that the doctor had given me. And I vomited all over uh, my desk at the WWE office. And good old Howard Fink was like, Tommy, you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> here's, uh, here's the challenge being laid down. And man, this crowd fans, was electric. They wanted to see this fight. So bad. So bad. And, 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 and here's the crazy thing. Look at Austin right now. He's an ECW guy right now. Yep. And dude, I, I, I mean, I'm watching it now, realizing the ramifications of that. Like that is that is so big for WWE to acknowledge that, especially as what they did. Like, look, the guys are going against JBL was their top uh, top heel. Kurt Angle, Edge, Christian, all these guys. Eric Bischoff, Coach was such a, a top top heel at the time. I think he was like the GM of. Uh, of raw that time or like the assistant GM. And it was all, it wasn't like the, a jobber crew was out there. These are their top guys challenging a bunch of guys that don't even work in the company. And, uh, they're, they have all their verbatim going back and forth. There's me and Bueller. She's just saying, I want to get out of here. By the way, this was, my daughters were born for, uh, one year. This was the first time Beulah ever left them, uh, just to do this. And like, I, Probably she's asking me, can I leave yet? Can I go home? <laughs> because it was the first time she ever left my daughters after they were born. And it was over a year. They were born in March. So this was June. And she was by their side from their birth till, you know, still today. She never left them. Uh, but she left them for ECW because she knew how special it was. I remember them saying when they walked to the crowd, they, they actually feared that people were going to, when they showed up, feared people were going to get them. That's the, you know, uh, that's the hostility that was an ECW crowd. Um, it, it was like going to a punk show. It was like seeing the Ramones. It's CBGB's. It's, uh, and, and, and right now, if you just watch the people, they're, they're kind of boiling at this moment. They know that something is about to go down. And uh, this is where JBL takes the swing at Meanie, right? Yeah, that's where he clipped them and they got into a real fight. Uh, but it got Meanie a spot and, you know, friend, we're both real good friends with Brian, friends with JBL and JBL was just like, Meanie said stuff about me on social media <laughs> and there he was and I blasted him. Here You'll see the, it. Here comes the moment. Look at that standoff. Here comes the moment. Here, 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 here he comes. <laughs> here comes the human suplex machine. Dude, I don't even remember this. Yep. That's right. Joey did commentary with Mick. There was a big to-do about this moment and how this moment had to be created and what had to happen, and I can't be touched, but I got to get my entrance in, and I need my lighting, and I need the this and the towel and the this, the that, the other thing. And by the way, again, you know, we joke about Taz, but Taz was such an over-commodity in ECW and, I mean, had uh, – could have went so much further in WWE. He had a very, very good career. But uh, Taz looks super-duper pissed. And again, Taz and Kurt had one of the best entrances, uh, debuts ever. But look at this, man. All these bodies and just, here it comes. 
and it's on. Look at JBL pickles me, and he's trying to get to him. He's looking for him. Oof! <laughs> the camera breaks away. He's just he just he's punching him for real. There's a real and fight you know, going what, on. You know what I don't think people realize it's dangerous in there right now. It's really da- there are a lot of live rounds being thrown in that ring. There's just you're hitting and moving. You don't want people to fall on you. There it is. You got a nice shot. Taz choking. And Taz was an announcer. And he's choking out Kurt Angle. I mean, they went all out. They hired, they brought in everybody. Of course, you know, there's other stories to tell about who took more than one draw, who, uh, who bitched about pay. But this was just a celebration of ECW. There's Chris Benoit. Oh, my God. Let's get away from that shot. It's not supposed to exist. (laughs) There's a reason why, to this day, people still chant ECW. You know? Absolutely. They never chanted chanted WWE. They never chanted WCW. They never chanted AWA. They never chanted for any company. Nights like tonight are the reason why fans will remember this company uh, uh, until the day wrestling is not on this planet anymore. And, um, you know, the, the AEW chant is born out of the ECW chant. Yeah. I mean, I think Ring of Honor was the first to get that, you know, because they were the first to be different. And you also want to think about, uh, like, after ECW being setting the tone. But there's a lot of guys here, both in, in WWE and in uh, – that don't work there and guys are trying to like, man, maybe I could get noticed by WWE. I mean, some of these guys are literally unemployed uh, or work in indies there. And it wasn't like how it became, I mean, this is 2005. There wasn't a lot of work. And then there's also guys who like, I mean, look at you guys, you said you weren't, you weren't working a, a full-time schedule. Uh, you just were told to take a pay cut. You still went out there, worked your ass off. And then there's other guys who aren't like top acts or maybe they, you know, guys are fighting for somewhat for real, but also somewhat for a spot. Maybe I get noticed. And some people did. Carlito. There was was a lot of people fighting out of jealousy too, because I said with, when it came to a lot of wrestlers, there were those that were jealous that they weren't in ECW. And then those that were really fucking jealous that they were never in ECW and they would always, you know, snub ECW if given the chance because they never got it. They've never been through the doors and they just, they weren't able to comprehend how special it was. I always tell people ECW was the Napster of the pro wrestling business. Napster may have went out of business and gone bankrupt, but it changed the music industry forever and how people shared and listened to music. Yes, ECW went bankrupt, but we changed the wrestling business forever also because of the style, the attitude, the relationship with the fans. If it wasn't for ECW, there would be no Attitude Era. I remember Mick being pissed about this because here's all those guys just walking right past him while he's basically holding Bischoff hostage and uh, didn't like that shot. But now, I mean, this is literally feeding feeding someone to the Lions. And I mean, Eric Bischoff was made as the top, top uh, heel in ECW because they always were taking, you know, our talent. I guess Mick Foley's going to shoot him with uh, his fingers. Bang, bang. <laughs> He's holding him at gunpoint to get in the ring. Should have pulled out the mandible claw. 
Oh, I love this. The fans weren't going to be, that's what they were trying to get. The fans are going to be pushing him to the ring. And ECW, and is, they would so Heyman has to be just jumping for joy as, as high as Heyman could possibly jump at the time, jumping for joy that this is about to happen. Look at Meany. He's all busted up. Bischoff takes a 3D. I forgot about that. Took nice. it like a champ. Eric took Eric, – Eric was always all business. I mean, any, all my business – I like Eric. I get along with Eric. I'm friendly with Eric. Oh, boy. Are we all hitting finishers here? Well, I said, oh, boy, because Benoit. Okay. Eric took <laughs> everything, man. Total business. Yeah, everybody just hits their finish on uh, on Eric. And then uh, and then me and Devon, here comes Ray with a 619. You know, Bob, I got to point out where everyone, and I say this a lot, everyone talks about, you know, the blood and violence of what ECW was. But, you know, here we are, Steve Austin, Chris Benoit, Ray Mysterio, Chris Jericho, Lance Storm. Uh, the list goes on and on. Tajiri, Rob Van Dam, super crazy. You, Devon, me, Taz, really good wrestlers. And uh, we, we just, I always say hardcore was, or extreme was a work ethic. And if you can see the work ethic in this match, I did not work for WWE uh, as a wrestler. I probably hadn't had a match, probably had about one indie crappy match a month. And uh, for the performances that we put in, Sandman didn't work there. Half these guys didn't work there, and they all performed uh, the best that they could. It, it wasn't about anything else on that night but the legacy of ECW, and everybody went out there to work their ass off. And there's a stunner on Bischoff years and years and years in the making. That's what you get for firing me on my answering machine. That's what you get for telling me that a guy in black uh, trunks and black boots will never get over. Yes, son and then of me a bitch. And took out the trash. Nice. Uh, for me, I'm uh, the aftermath of this. Will if people want to understand, the WWE doctor <laughs> told me that for the trauma that my ear suffered within a week to ten days, my ear may fall off because there will be no blood going to it, and. Uh, it may just dry up and fall off. So I was waiting for my ear to fall off. And, uh, oh, man, I forgot about this spot. You're right. You really did take off the trash. And this is, li this is live right on the Hammerstein. See you later. Live in New York City at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Take out the trash. That's, That's a right little Hammerstein. Yep. And I remember, I, I remember talking to Eric about that because I wasn't sure how comfortable he would have been with that just being like thrown out like a piece of trash, but he was 1000% cool with it. He's like, it's all business, man. And as far as the ear is concerned, you shouldn't have put your head in the way of the kendo stick or your ear in the way of the kendo stick. Or I should have been looking in the direction that someone should have been hitting me or waited. Thank you very much. But my ear didn't fall off. We had a super duper successful show. And uh, I was after this, uh, out of this success rose the reincarnation of uh, ECW. WWE version wasn't uh, as good. You weren't a part of the second one because you were working uh, for 
WWE uh, for Impact Wrestling. Uh, we try to make it happen, but it just couldn't. But the rat is for history. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to this uh, extreme watch along. You got any final comments, Bub? Uh, I'm, I'm glad we got to watch this together. It was a lot of fun uh, to to watch back and relive uh, what will probably be in my top three most special nights of my career. Um, so yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed it. And if you and if you're listening, and if you have any questions about this night, uh, just hit me up on the old Twitter machine, and I'll do my best to answer for you. Well, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And that was an iconic shot of the Sandman and Steve Austin. And that's it for this week's Busted Open Podcast. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.